bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. So, 620 WTMJ's John Mercure secured an interview. It's a it's a, a phenomenal WTMJ extra on WTMJ Conversations and WTMJ Features on 620WTMJ.com. They had an interview with... Um, Milwaukee Circuit Court Judge Borowski. And if you don't remember the story, what happened was Blakeney killed Nakia Rogers before setting the home on fire, 83rd in Vienna. The homicide occurred days after he pled guilty to and was convicted of sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. Prosecutors asked that he be placed in jail before sentencing. Judge David Borowski denied the motion and decision. Uh, the decision allowed Blakeney to stay free while he got his affairs in order. Days later, he would get in a high-speed chase with the police, a shootout on Water Street, and the rest is history. It's, I, I find it interesting because the exclusive interview with WTMJ's John McCure, on our sister station, Borowski gave some interesting words. But one of the things it did is they allowed Ernest Blakeney, after he sexually assaulted a 13-year-old girl and pled guilty to it, they returned him to his community. I want you to think as you listen, would they have done this to a white male and sent him back to his community to wreak havoc over his community? Or is it something that's expected? 
This is a Milwaukee County Circuit Court judge, David Borowski, and 620 WTMJ's John McCure. You decide. I want to start with the Terrell Blakeney stuff. A little bit of background for people who aren't familiar. In August, Blakeney pled guilty to sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. As he was awaiting sentencing, prosecutors wanted him held in custody. You allowed him to remain on $5,000 cash bail. He went on to apparently kill his girlfriend. I guess my first question is, you've had a lot of time, obviously, to think about this, Judge. Do you regret that you allowed him to go free? In a nutshell, yes. And let me explain how everything occurred. You're correct. Um, Mr. Blakeney pled guilty to a sexual assault. It was a fairly bad sexual assault, sexual assault of a child. He pled guilty while he was out of custody. The situation that presented itself to me was he had been out of custody for almost a year. He had posted bail. I think it was five grand or ten grand. Yep. But he had posted bail. He had retained a private bar attorney. While he was out of custody for almost a year, he was being monitored by one of our monitoring agencies that the county contracts with and the judges rely on to monitor someone for drug tests and coming to court and attending hearings. And while he'd been out of custody for almost a year, he had had absolutely no violations. It's also a person who, again, this is, as you said, in August, he's in, I think he was 47, he's in his late 40s, he owned his own house, he had a job. So he had lots of factors that would indicate to me that he was likely to come back to court and likely to not reoffend. Certainly, uh, there are times where someone's out of custody and they're taken into custody by the judge in situations like this or worse crimes or crimes that aren't as significant. Mm-hmm. But there are times people are remanded into custody and there are other times that they're left out of custody. Certainly, yes, in retrospect, if I could go back three months, I would have made a different decision. That decision, I like to think I haven't made too many mistakes while I've been on the bench, and I've been on the bench, as I was saying earlier, over 18 years. Um, But certainly, in retrospect, if I could do it differently, I would have made the other decision. And I will tell you that um, I take my cases pretty seriously. Uh, I think people that know me know that. And that case and the fallout... Uh, weighed on me for weeks. I, I literally lost sleep over it. I had an enormous amount of regret and second thoughts and, and you know, just angst. It was a very, very difficult decision that obviously went sideways and had the worst outcome one could have. Why not almost always just err on the side of keeping the guys locked up? I know we have a system. I want you to explain that a little bit. Because people will say, always keep them all locked up. We should never give them the benefit of the doubt. What do you say to people who say, why not just always err on the side of not letting people out? Well, first of all, the the legal answer is everyone has a right to bail in Wisconsin, to post bail and to be released. Uh, And in this case, in Mr. Blakeney's case, he did post bail um, and he was being monitored. So everyone, first of all, legally has a right to bail and to be out of custody if they can post bail, number one. Number two, a lot of times it's really, you know, it's a judgment call. There are cases where in a similar situation I would remand someone, meaning put them in custody until sentencing. But everyone literally and figuratively can't be in custody. Um, they have a right legally to bail. If someone posts bail, they have a right to be out of custody subject to whether they commit a new crime or a new offense or something that might cause them to be into custody. 
it's just a situation where there's not a blanket solution or a blanket decision. You have to, and what I tried to do in that case and try to do in every case is make a decision, the best decision that I could at the time with the facts that were presented to me. And on the one hand, the state asked me to remand the defendant, Mr. Blakeney. They didn't give me much of an argument. On the other hand, the defense attorney uh, made an argument along the lines of what I mentioned that, well, judge, he's pled guilty. He understands there are potentially significant consequences, but he's been out of custody for almost a year. He posted bail. He's been monitored. He's had no violations. And so I decided in that case to maybe you could describe it as giving him the benefit of the doubt or just continuing, legally continuing the status that he'd been in for almost a year. Judge, after this, a couple unusual things happened. One of them was that a retired judge, Dennis Simple, um, publicly questioned you and said that your decision was very unusual. He implied he would have done things very differently. How unusual is it for a retired judge to do that? And how did you feel about that open criticism? It's extremely unusual. Uh, in fact, I can't think of another situation in my long career where that's occurred. Uh, generally, judges don't comment on other judges' cases ever. And while, as you know, I've at times in the last 10 to 15 years been outspoken on issues related to crime and the criminal justice system and things that are going on in Milwaukee, I've never commented on another judge's decision, good, bad, or otherwise. So it was very unusual. Um, had things been reversed, I would not have offered a comment. Um, I've spoken to Judge Simple since then. Uh, he and I are friends. We've known each other for a long time. Um, he explained the circumstances of that particular interview. And without getting into all of it, he basically said he might have handled his comments differently um, had he known more about the circumstance. But it was certainly unusual. Uh, at a base, it was unusual. You've now been transferred from major felony court. Amid accusations, you berated defense attorneys. You talked about the Blakeney case in the middle of other cases. I want to give you the chance to respond to that. That's been in the newspaper. How do you respond to all of that? Well, it was a decision that was um, made by the chief judge. She did consult me on it. Um, that particular case is still an open case, so I can't get into every detail uh, other than to say that uh, some of what was published, uh, meaning in the Journal Sentinel, was, I'll just say at best, not accurate. And it was a very unusual situation because some of the things that were being discussed were off-the-record conversations. And when people say, hey, it's off-the-record, everybody knows that, that means, you know, mm -hmm. in common terms, this is a secret. Don't go and tell anybody else about it. But in legal terms, it means that it's not going to be put on the record, either completely or directly, at best, you might come back and give a summary of what was discussed. So it was a very uncomfortable situation, but the situation was one that did have an overlay with the Blakeney case because, as I said, John, candidly, you know, I think just like any other profession, if you make a mistake, it's best that you own up to it. And I felt bad about that decision. I felt bad about what, what was transpiring. And I'm serious when I say no case in my 18-plus year career has caused me more regrets and more second thoughts and more angst than that case. So what do you think? 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm not convinced. 
in any way, shape, or form that he actually understood the gravity of what he did. And I listened to it a couple times and I gave it some thought. You have a guy who pled guilty knowing that he would go to jail. So what was he thinking? What was his mindset? Needed to do some rest, some, some, some retribution, some payback. What was it? Killed his girlfriend. Started a fire at the house. Here's my question to you. Where did Judge Borowski make his mistake? I mean, it's, it's a glaring mistake. But where did he make his mistake? Beyond his arrogance? Beyond it's everybody else's fault? How dare another judge say something about another judge? Did he even apologize for doing it? Did he even say, I'm sorry to the family of the woman that was killed? Did he say, hey, I'm wrong? Oh, well, he was just going to move us anyway. You know, he was just going to listen. Hey, buddy, when I consult you about something that you're moving, you're moving like there's no discussion here. Oh, I was consulted on it. What does that mean? See, it's a lot of lawyer talk when in fact... You're garbage. Or, how can I say it? 833-212-1017. What are your thoughts about Judge Borowski? The interview with WTMJ's John McCure. I think in this instance, I have to say he's not garbage. I think we need to rephrase that and give it what Tory Lowe might give it. He's trash. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. You know, I was thinking about Judge Borowski. I didn't believe a word he said. I think that it was contrived. And it was something that he didn't really give a lot of thought to. And it's the arrogance of lawyers who think, you know, their, their legal acumen gives them the ability to be smarter than everybody else. He's everything that's negative about a judge. He's everything that. And, and granted, I've, I think if, if I remember correctly, I've been in trials with him or seen him. And he's a decent guy. I, I got I to gotta give him that. I think in this instance, you should have apologized. 
somewhere in your high horse, sitting up on your high bench in your black robe, you should have apologized. The one thing people don't know, 948.02. Whoever has sexual contact or sexual intercourse with a person who has not attained the age of of 13 and, and causes great bodily harm to the person is guilty of a Class A felony. Who has sexual intercourse with a person who has not attained the age of 12, Class B felony. So I'm trying to wonder... And so here's, here's what I did. I looked up a Class A felony, and then I did Wisconsin Class B felony. Now, I know you take a lot of things into account when you are doing that. And he was very clear when he said he took into account that he didn't do anything prior to that. Posted bail, had his, um, he had monitoring, checked in, didn't commit any crimes. But here's the problem with that. When you walk in and plead guilty and your lawyer tells you that, and I don't know if it was a class A felony, but they had, I think they said it was a class A felony, was it? So if it was a class A felony, listen to this. Listen to this. A class A felony in Wisconsin is punishable with a minimum of life imprisonment. It is the most serious class of offense and includes first degree murder and sexual assault of a minor under the age of 13. So if that information was true that I read. That means that he was about to spend the rest of his life in prison. Don't you think that that was something that he would have thought about that would have changed his action? Would you respond differently in the, in the midst of a, let me, let, me, let me think of something innocuous, in the midst of a divorce and you have small children? Is there a difference in we're going to divorce and you're not going to see your kids for six months? You're not going to see your kids for 30 days. You're not going to see your kids for a week. Versus we're going to divorce and you're not going to see your kids forever. Don't you think that you would get a little different response from a person, even though they've been the nicest person, even though everything's been amicable? So if you pled guilty to sexual assault of a child and it's a class A felony and you have been told by your lawyer that it's punishable up to a minimum of life imprisonment, don't you think you're going to respond differently? And then they let you go. And then the judge let him go. You don't think there's something different in his mind? Like, I'm not going out like that. Like, I'm not putting up with that. Like, I got some retribution I'm going to do. Think about that. Even with a class B felony, It's up to 60 years in state prison. Second most severe, first degree sexual assault, second degree intentional homicide, and first degree reckless homicide. 60 years. Don't you think I would think a little different if you let me leave? 
Well, you were good up to that point. Really? Stupid. Stupid. As if having a job or a house never stopped you from killing somebody. Are you kidding me? But here's the kicker. He might have found out it was his girlfriend who turned him in. It, it could have been anything. I don't, I don't know because I, di- I didn't follow the case. And I don't think that's important. No one deserves to lose their life in that manner. Or any manner for that case. You remember when I talked about immunity? Everybody's bent on taking immunity away from law enforcement officers who put their lives on the line, but prosecutors and judges don't. And they have total immunity. To them, we don't have, we don't have, quali- we don't have, you know, um, absolute immunity because we can be removed from our office. Woo, you lost your job. Big deal. Somebody else died. Are you kidding me? And that's not the first time. Didn't some judge or court commissioner let that guy out who went and killed two people? Woman sitting on a porch, got into an argument with her hours after jail and shot and killed her. Like, Release them back to your community. But I'm pretty sure Judge Borowski doesn't live in Milwaukee, so it doesn't really matter. And if he does, he lives on the south side. He doesn't live in a predominantly minority community. It's insulting. The safety of the community is more important on the south side than it is on the north side. And I never thought I'd say that, but looking at what these prosecutors and judges are doing, the first thing we need to do the next time there's an election is make sure we have a new district attorney and then start going through these judges to make sure they don't get back on the bench. And if there's a reserve judge, Figure out a way legally to get rid of them. And the first one you can start with, it's Judge Borowski. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Got a little Tony, Tony, Tony going on. 833-212-1017 is the number. Want to remind you the new 1017 The Truth is the home 
of Milwaukee Panthers basketball. Don't miss any of the hoop action by listening to Panthers basketball on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and all your favorite streaming platforms. Tomorrow night, Saturday, Milwaukee Panthers back home at the UWM Panther Arena to host conference foe, the IUPUI Jaguars, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indiana Jaguars. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Tip-off at 7 right here on the new 101.7 The Truth. Also want to say thank you to Associated Bank for being a founding partner of the new 101.7 The Truth. Together we're committed to uplifting local organizations and supporting black-owned businesses. Whatever your financial needs are, Associated Bank can help member FDIC. Also, you might want to tune in Making Your Money Work with Associated Bank next Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. as Melanie Ricks will be joined by Philip Bailey, Senior Vice President and Director of Fraud Prevention at Associated Bank. They'll be discussing all we need to know about text messaging scams. I got one of those the other day. Uh, Cash app scams. Even scams with U.S. Postal Service. Do not I repeat, do not become a victim of scams by tuning in into the. Okay, so that's written kind of weird because it looks like it's telling me that don't become victim of a scam by listening. So listening is a scam. No, I'm just. <laughs> okay, Ken. I'll, I'll file that away. So don't become a victim of scams by tuning into this important conversation, right? Thank you, what you're saying. You get it? Yeah. Okay. Don't become a victim of a scam. The way not to become a victim is to tune in to this important and educational conversation. Next Wednesday, 6 o'clock p.m., Melanie Ricks, Senior Vice President, Director of Fraud Prevention at Associated Bank, Philip Bailey, right here, 6 p.m. next Wednesday on the new 1017 The Truth. Like, yeah. I won't cut up. Beat me up this this Friday. I want to do stuff this weekend. You might tie me up in a chair and put me upstairs and make me watch Green Acres all weekend long or something. You don't even know what Green Acres is, do you? Uh, isn't that a movie? Oh, lords. I'll make you. Uh, maybe I'll make you rap books. <sighs> <laughs> That's mean. That's on the seventh, by the way. I'm Good cause. That. I'm going. Good cause. Yeah, yeah. Rap books for. Uh, we got some internal stuff that we do. You know, we don't just sit here and be on the radio all the time. We actually do work where we actually, you know, do things for places like Children's Hospital and, you know, Versity and Red Cross and all, all, all sorts of things that we do. So I, I think um, also next week I've got some folks coming in from the Red Cross, I believe Tuesday or Wednesday to talk about some things. So it it ought to be pretty cool. Um some volunteering, things of that nature. You know, it's the Christmas time, it's the Christmas holiday. And, and you know, we always think about Thanksgiving when Thanksgiving's here, but then we kind of forget about it the rest of the year. We always think about giving around Christmas, and then we forget that the rest of the year is when we should probably be practicing that. And so um, we're going to be doing some um, discussions with the Red Cross and talk about some things that they may need um, for us to help with. I think it'll be pretty cool. We'll have a pretty good time. We want to say thank you to Gruber Law Offices for being a founding partner of the new 1017 The Truth. We're proud to be supported by a law firm who's made such a positive impact in our community. So if you 
or a loved one has ever been injured in an accident, give Gruber Law Officers a call. One call, that's all. Now, this is the one I want to read that I want you to know about because it's the last month. And so everybody that spent the last 11 months complaining that they didn't make it or that they didn't do it or they didn't have it, we now have 29 days to get it in. Black-owned businesses are the cornerstone and the backbone of the black community. From classic barbershop debates to local family-owned restaurants, we enjoy. These fond memories show the greatness of what Milwaukee was, is, and will be. That's why the new 1017 The Truth and Associated Bank have teamed up to rebuild the backbone of Milwaukee through our black-owned business give back. Our goal is to help local black businesses grow and succeed together. The home of Milwaukee Black Talk will be giving away $2,000 worth of free commercial advertising for one month to the first 10 black-owned businesses who go to blackbusinessgiveback.com to sign up this last month, December 2022, until the end of the year, December 31st. Let's rebuild our community's backbone through exposure on the truth. For official rules, head to blackbusinessgiveback.com. Associated Bank, member FDIC. Remember, be one of the first 10 to sign up, blackbusinessgiveback.com. If you're elected, selected, chosen, you'll be winning $2,000 worth of commercial advertising on the truth. Blackbusinessgiveback.com. You have to be in business for a year and be located in Milwaukee, County, sponsored by 1017 The Truth and Associated Bank, member FDIC. You can't beat that. I mean, think think about that. You can't beat that. Now, if I had a business and I was eligible, and I got a business, but I'm not eligible, so Kyle told me no. Like, I asked. He gave me the Michael Jackson answer. Beat it. And so I was like, okay. So then I tried to get one of my friends to pretend, but my name was on the business. So he, he was like, no, go away. <laughs> that was mean. That was really mean. And so I, I just found it interesting that um, it's tough, right? But we've got ways here at The Truth to help you be able to Put together your plan, put together your, you know, we can steer you in the right directions. You got a place like Associated Bank, right? A regional bank that is willing to help you um, get yourself in a place where you can grow and expand and basically start a million dollar business. Yep. I know what kind of business. Say what? Oh, yeah. When we come back, your thoughts about Judge Borowski. I mean... I'm at the end, and I have some suggestions on what we need to do um, to stop this type of tyranny in our community. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Actually, Kyle Wallace is here with me because he's being a, a guest producer. I don't know. I think he just told DZ to take the day off. Beat it. See, he's on this beat it thing. What's that about? I don't know. More of the truth in the app. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833. I hope your weekend is exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Mo bounce to the ounce. 833-212-1017 is the number. So, Kyle, you was you was like, you know, like I saw your dreads catch fire. And you went running out the room screaming because every time I said Judge David Borowski, his eyes got big. You know that emoji where the eyes get real big? Like, what? Yeah, because we ain't going to let Judge Borowski off the hook. You didn't let him off the hook, and nor do I want to let him off the hook, Dr. Ken Harris, because honestly, that was my first time hearing that. And we're talking about Judge Borowski, who let Ernest Blankey uh, get out. Yep. Blankety, excuse me. Get out after sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. And so what comes to my mind is this. This is the same judge that I watched during a trial, and he said Milwaukee has become a cesspool, right? Correct. He said that about Milwaukee. It's a sewer. He said it's terrible. He said it's bad. He has an opportunity to take the terrible cesspool of people in the sewer of people off the street. If you had to give me five things to list of people we should keep off the street, it would be murderers. It would be rapists. It would be child molesters as well. It would, right. These would be the people we want off the street. So how somebody who said in that he shared his strong opinions before, how somebody could allow someone who sexually assaulted a child to go out and use the justification of saying he had a house. He had a job. That is simply what we call life, Dr. Ken Harris. So for him to sit there and say, yeah, I made a wrong decision. I feel bad. But never once said this, Ken. I apologize to the family and I apologize to this community for what I put you through. Because first and foremost, I made the family lose a loved one. Secondly, I had the city of Milwaukee on lockdown. Because this man was out driving crazy. I apologize to the man on the border of Ozaki County, Milwaukee County, I think it was Mequon, who got his truck stolen. I apologize to the people on Water Street that are traumatized because while they were trying to enjoy their night, they had to dodge bullets coming from the police or dodge a vehicle that was driving 80 miles per hour down the street. Now, once he apologized for that, but you know what got him fired up, Dr. Ken? What? What got him fired up is when John McCure from 620 WTMJ made a mention of the fact that another judge, a retired judge, has something to say, and that's what he said, well, you know, that is very different, and I decided I wanted to make a phone call. Did he make a phone call to the family that lost their loved one based off his decision? Of course not. And so that's why this is a bunch of Garbage of what a trash, yes, trash of what of an apology. This is even an apology. This is a self centered individual that's only focused on himself. He is upset with himself because he personally feels he made a bad decision, not because of the results that came from it. And that's why he is garbage and he is trash for this decision. And he needs to be off the bench. And the fact that he sat there and said, Well, you know. We had a conversation about me moving a role. Like, stop it. No, you should say it was justified. I made a poor decision. And for for my poor decisions, there's consequences for my action. But that's how you know he showed absolutely no remorse in this, Dr. Ken. And it's despicable because I guarantee you, if that man raped a third or sexually assaulted a 13-year-old white girl that happened to live in 
Waukesha. He his, his bail would have been two million dollars. It would have been high bail, and he wouldn't have let him out on the street. Yep. You know why? If he yep. lets that thirteen year old out on the streets, you know what's going to happen? If they're going to be upset and they're going to be mad in those communities, especially what happened with Daryl Brooks. This is a complete joke of an individual. You can say he's a nice guy. I say he's a he's a jerk off. That's what I say. I can say that, right? It's too late. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I'll Here's the it. deal. He's up for re-election in 2027. Don't elect him. Kent, he'll be... He not, is he going to rerun? 2027? He's Goodness. not going to rerun. And he won't rerun because he knows he'll lose. He knows that he deserves to lose. He should just resign now. I'm, I'm not talking about making a mistake. That's different. You're talking about a guy that you were going to sentence him. He could have gotten up to life in prison. Ken, you got to read in between the lines. He sexually assaulted a 13-year-old girl. Oh, I get it. And so, Ken, the fact that he let him out knows that the, the, what, the, what, the sentence he was going to hand down was going to be minimum. He was probably going to serve maybe seven, eight, nine years. He was not going to go anywhere towards the max because if he felt what he did, what this guy did was egregious, which he obviously did not feel it was egregious. Bell would have been higher. Bell would have been higher, and he would have known in the back of his head, this man's going to serve. Who do you know who's about to serve 20 years in prison who, who gets Life. out? Who Life. gets out? Life. That's how you know he did Life. not take this serious. No, he didn't. Why? Because he can't relate to the family who had a young daughter get sexually assaulted. Why? Because when he looks at them, he doesn't see his daughter. He doesn't see his niece. He doesn't see his he doesn't see one of his his neighbor's daughters. Well, he, well let's let's be real. He doesn't see people. He doesn't see human beings. No, I see he don't see black people. Because I guarantee, I guarantee it, had this been somebody from a neighborhood or somebody he might have known through a family friend, it would have been a different type of case and it would have been a different type of justice served, and we would not have had somebody get murdered. Because of it. I don't think there's anything else to say. I think it's disgusting. I think the fact that he was reelected April 6th of 2021 and he ran unopposed. I think it's unconscionable. For you, for you to have been in the Milwaukee County Circuit Court for 19 years did not take a totality of the circumstances that this guy, and here's the kicker. It wasn't like he was out on trial. It wasn't like they were waiting. He pled guilty. Right then, the fact that you knew he was going to get life or 60 years or whatever it was, you should have locked him up. You should have said, we're going to revoke him. We're going to take him into custody. But now, you know what's going to happen? People are going to overcompensate. And every time a black person or white person, Hispanic person, Asian person, male, female, whatever it is, comes up, they're going to end up getting locked up because one person made an idiotic mistake. And I don't get it. Well, I do get it. So we need to start tracking these judges. Next thing we need to do, when is John Chisholm's term up? Because he's, he's the up, first one. 2024, he's up for re-election. He needs to go. That's the first one that needs to go. John Chisholm needs to go. And if he wants to come on my show and talk about it, I'll be glad to have him in. I, I'm just, I'm just, I don't get it. 
I don't understand it. Get rid. You were so busy going after the city attorney that you allowed the district attorney to just kind of do whatever the heck he wanted to do. Now, granted, we we gotta we gotta work with our city attorney too because he's got some corrections he needs to make as well. I get it. We're all imperfect human beings, but the city attorney has never cost anybody their life. Our district attorney and Judge Borowski have. And for that, forgive him. Just don't forget, vote him out of office. And, and here's the kicker. If it were me, I would expect it. I, I, I would expect to get voted out of office. But I guess he needs to get his 20 years in. Uh, I don't know. I think he would need to do 30 years in order to uh, get a pension. I know he's vested already. And no, I'm not talking about messing with a man's pension and destroying his life. That's overboard. I just don't like the decision that he made. And it was a poor decision. And people died. And he needs to go. If you want to finish your term, finish it. But on August 1st, it's time to go. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Never miss a show by streaming us on multiple platforms. You can check us out on the Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But I say download the Truth app and check us out and just listen 24 hours a day. Tori Lowe shows up next. Don't forget Panthers basketball on tomorrow night. We start at 6.30. Tip-off is at 7. Make sure you check it out. They are hot this year. Thank you, Kyle Wallace. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. God bless. Take care. I'll see you in a couple days. I'm out.